you spend time on your word and you know you're in your word all the time you know so God you know brings to remembrance you know or quickens a scripture to you that you've probably read over the years and whatever but I spend a lot of time making them slide things you know and they're uh, putting a slide together and trying to be clever and, and finding them it's not that I put it together you find them and uh, so anyway I put a whole lot of slides together but Mal I think that's the only one we're going to use um, this morning. I'm like, what's the use of even doing this stuff, you know? And if, uh, yeah, just, um, this is God's word, you know? And Lord, we just ask that you break it open as we talked about bread. Uh, just break your word and feed us and strengthen us and encourage us, Lord. Edify us, strengthen us with your word, Lord. You let your word go forth and accomplish in each of our hearts what you desire to accomplish, oh God. Lord, it doesn't come back empty. It never comes, never comes back void, Lord. Lord, what you wanted to do, the bread that you want to break, whatever bit of bread we need or whatever is in our hearts and lives that we just need something from you, we, we receive it. We welcome it. We welcome your voice. We welcome your word. We welcome your instruction, your direction. Lord, we welcome it, Lord. We say to every ear be open, and every heart to be receptive, and every mind it's incredible we've been given a mind in Christ Jesus to be, to be able to perceive the very thoughts of God. And uh, so we say, yes, Lord, we want to perceive your thoughts, Lord God. And your thoughts towards us are more than the sand on the, on the seashore. And your thoughts towards us are of hope and future and plans and love. And we receive them, Lord. We just pour out the blanket to receive as many grains of sand of your thoughts as possible in Jesus' name. Amen. So it says in chapter 1, the book of beginnings, yeah, Genesis, that's what's known as in the Hebrew culture, the book of beginnings where everything began. Do you know, no matter what, I encourage you, if you're a bit confused about anything in the rest of the Bible, like, go back to the beginning. Because everything from, the, from this, everything that you read after this is somewhere in this book. Even the end, if you want to know something about Revelations, is in this book. It's an incredible, incredible, uh, um, the genius of God, the way he does things, the way he puts things together. And, and so the book of beginnings, I was um, officiating a wedding yesterday and I brought everyone back to the book of beginnings. Where, whose idea was this covenant relationship anyway? Oh, it's in the book of beginnings, let's go back. It sounds um, very uh, mysterious, doesn't it? The book of beginnings. No? All right. Doesn't my head. I was going to say Harry Potter, like where someone probably gave out to me afterwards. So I thought of a mysterious type of uh, word. So one, chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered over the the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated light from darkness. And God called the day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Six. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters. Verse 9. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered in one place. Let dry ground appear. Then he said, let the land produce vegetation and seed and fruit and according to its coin, let there be lights in the sky 
And God said, let, there be, let the water teem with living creatures. And God said, let the land produce after its kind. Then God said, let us make man in our image. And then um, in verse 1, it says, it gives this image of the earth. That it was formless and empty and darkness covered the surface. It was, it was um, if you read in, in, into the Hebrew words, it's like it was wasteland. It was, it was, um, it was chaotic. And God then sees this mess, or not God sees this mess, but God speaks into the mess that was chaotic and dark and void and empty and wasteland. And he speaks into it and he starts to speak order into what was a mess. And, um, and my, 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 um, what I want to bring to us this morning is pretty simple. It's probably not the first time it's ever been mentioned. It's probably certainly not the first time I've even said these three words and you've probably preached it already. But God, when God sees a mess, he likes to speak order. He speaks his message. Let there be light into the mess, into the, to bring his message. Then in turn, he now creates man and woman in all of this and they are his messengers into, the, into, into keeping the order of the earth. And I realize more and more as time goes on that, that that's what he does consistently. We're told in Romans 12, we're told not to live our lives according to the pattern of this world. And therefore, if we're told not to do something, that, like there's patterns we've all been raised in, there's patterns the way we think. You know, like if you even take uh, Romans when it says, um, you know, uh, that like, that, um, yeah, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Because you would agree with me 100%, this world is chaotic. It's dark. It's like there's, there's a wastage of, of actually real living going on in the world. It's a mess. It doesn't matter. There's beautiful things in the world, but in regards to the patterns of this world, the whole darn thing is in a big ball of mess. And, and we're told not to conform to that, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is the word of God. It's like the word, the message. It's like so. Even this, well, we always go there for the mind, but that's the brain. The mind is somewhere here, the seat of who you are. That's why when you get anxious you don't get anxious in your brain you get anxious in here somewhere or you feel it in your gut you know all them that's that's like that's our will and our emotions and, and like all all of this place here but like but we're told to transform all of this from the pattern of the way we are brought up the way what's norm in the world what's chaotic in the world don't live but be transformed and even in this when you or I came to the Lord or maybe you're still there today or maybe you just you've created our life created a new mess for you just this week it's like it's being transformed from the patterns of this world to the, to the transformation of God's thinking that even the mess that our mind is there I am doing it again why do I do that? <laughs> that he wants to speak his message into that today he wants to speak his word into us so that what looks crazy, that he can speak his order, his life, his plans and his purposes into it. And we see it all through the Bible. We see it like, um, so some places like, you know, there's so many places that this is that um, you have to ask the Lord, what part do you want me to bring, Lord? Where? This, is, this, this world has been chaotic since the fall. You talk about a mess, 
The first two children that were born, one of them killed the other. Hello, you talk about a mess and like this book is full of well like it's amazing, you know, like it's always been there, it's been there from the beginning. The whole thing of trauma. Sin brings trauma. Trauma brings mess. God brings his message to bring peace to the traumatic things of our life. It's everywhere. And I actually think this that one of the greatest opportunities for evangelism in the days that we live in is that the people of God somehow get a grasp of having trauma healed because we all have it, one level or another. Knowing that God's come to bind the broken heart, Jesus came to, to set the captive free, and that we get ministered to into the mess of the trauma that has brought into our life, and we become messengers, that we learn how to minister to trauma because everyone has it, whether it's wrapped around a Mercedes and a big penthouse somewhere, or it's someone sitting in, in, in Gravel Street beg, begging that like that we learn how to minister because everyone has this stuff. People are willing to talk about the trauma in the highest in the highest offices in the nation. Because life is traumatic at times. And it's messy. And we have the message that we can become the messengers. For the, for the Lord. But I was thinking of Elijah. And um, you talk about a mess. The nation was in a mess. And this whole message. This whole thing. I, I seen someone put up a, a. I don't know who it was. But someone had a, a message. I think it was David Wilkerson or something. And I was like. Uh, the power of one. And, and, and I didn't listen to it. But like I grasped that. I took it that like he was going to be talking about. That it was like only one David. One Moses. Do you know like. And uh, it doesn't take a whole, like, you know, army of people. It takes sometimes just one person to say, no, this is, this is not happening anymore. This is going to stop. And we see it in the, in the life of Elijah in, in 1 Kings. Um, we see it in, in chapter 18 that the nation was, was, going to, was in a mess. That Ahab and Jezebel was, was, was running the nation. They had set up. Um, a whole network of witchcraft and, and Baal worship and sacrificing of children and all this crazy stuff. This is the people of God. You talk about a mess. This is like God's chosen people that were now following the pattern of the world that they were living in. And that pattern encroached on all that was, was sacred and holy before God. And God always has someone, doesn't he? That like comes out of a mess of their own, called by God, the message of God in them, and now transforms things around them. The pattern has not changed. What, 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 the pattern has not changed. What, what is, it, what is, the, if anything, the pattern has increased because he, he doesn't just have one David and one Moses. He has a body that are filled with the Holy Spirit. That, but the pattern is the same. That we get changed and we bring change. That we, we, get, in, we, get, um, we get to bring, get shalom in our lives. And everywhere we go, we bring shalom, the peace of God. And so, Elijah, look what was going on in verse 16. I'll, I'll read it of 18. So, um, 1 Kings 18. Obadiah went to Ahab and told him. And, told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And when he saw Elijah, he says, Is that you, troubler of Israel? I love that. What a great year. Is that you, troubler of Israel? And I've not made trouble for Israel, replied Elijah, which you and your father's family have. You've abandoned the Lord's commands 
and have follow, followed the Baals. Like, and here it is. That's the mess. That's the mess that has happened. Now he says, Go and summon from all over Israel the people to meet me on Mount Carmel. And bring 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of, of Asherah who, was, who eats at um, Jezebel's table. So you can imagine that like, here is the, the crux, the pinnacle of, of the mess that was created in Israel. It was the king and his wife who are now going after other gods and, and other situations. And a message from the Lord comes. And you know it's a message because God speaks into the mess, mess because over when he does the sacrifice, he says, he says this, No Lord, no Lord, um, I am your servant and I've done all these things at your command. So somewhere before he went before, he didn't come up with an idea, let's just get all these people up on Mount Carmel and I'll have a standoff. He says, Lord, you commanded me, will you do the things that you commanded me to do? Now you show yourself being God. There was a mess, God gave him a message, and then he went as a messenger. And his message was, decide who you're going to serve. Are you going to stay in this mess, or are you going to serve the living God? And we know the story, he brings them all to a head. And he brings them all up on that, on that, on that mount. And he, they call on their gods and nothing happens. He, as a messenger from God, says, Lord, do what you said. Show these people that you commanded me to do these things. Show them you want to change this mess. Show them that you want to speak into the madness that's going on all around us. And bring us back into your patron. Decide who you're going to serve. Decide. I, I, I. Okay, we're all humans. And if anything, someone says, um, I heard someone, write, write, someone wrote recently, like, everyone's like, Lord, make us more spiritual, you know? And I think that there's a time that we need to say, Lord, will you make me understand my humanity and make me more human? Because we can't hide from our humanity. We can't hide from we get it wrong. We can't hide, that we, we, we can't hide from we make wrong decisions. And, and when you're around humans enough, and, and we realise, and I realise, that it sounds crazy, but some people would rather stay in the mess. It's like, because sometimes that's probably more comfortable because it's what we know. We like, well, at least I know when I get up in the morning I'm going to feel this heaviness on me and I've had this heaviness for months. You know, and then you hear the message and you hear someone saying, no, God wants to do this. And, and, and maybe there's many times we've even tried to step into that and we've got pushback and then it goes, ah, just, we don't call it a mess. You know, we might call it our trauma, we might call it our upbringing, we might call it that's the mistakes I've made and we're going to have to live with the conditions, with the, the circumstances and the outcomes of the results of that, but it's not true. Like, do you ever, you know some stuff, and I understand exactly what we mean when we say this, right? That God is a holy God, you know, and we, rightly we should confess our sins and get them out of the way. And where Neve read from in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, look, a judge has sin is sin. Like he says, so what he was saying is, don't cover that thing up and justify it and all. If it's sin, confess it. Judge it. That's sin, Lord. Will you please wash me clean with the, with the, by the blood of Jesus? It's over. It's gone. You know, it, it, it's, um, it, it's gone. And um, I forgot what I was going to say there. When you don't want to understand what people say. You want to live in our mess? Yeah, we'll come back in a moment. And there. Uh, that, like, but we don't have to stay there. That's what the Bible's all about. The Bible is like, like I, I have messed her up. And I've, I've messed it up a million times as a human being. And, uh, but I know God's past compassion. And I know God's mercy. 
And I know that, like, when, when, it, when you know that, that you will not sit in the judgment seat of anyone else. That we need to just, like, and he knows it. I know what it's going to say. He knows it. So we go, our God will stay away from sin. Oh, you understand that, right? Our God, you know, but why not tell you? I was lying down one day on the sofa and I was thinking about this stuff. And, uh, and I felt the Lord say to me, Noel, what was my response to a chaotic, crazy, dark, evil, sinful, selfish, proud-ridden world? I said, I don't know, what was the Lord? I came to it. <laughs> Hello. He, if there was any chance that, if, there was any, if God ever had a choice or a chance not to have anything to do with us, he, that was the chance to go, I'm not going, just let them destroy themselves. It all started off that God says to me, I'm attracted to sin. Now you imagine that as a talk going through your head first thing, like when you're lying, and you're like, why are you attracted to sin? He says, what was my response? What was my, was to send my only begotten son into the world into that mess, into that darkness, into that sinfulness, into the evil, into the destructive, destructive nature of mankind, into the greed, into the pride, into the art. His response was to come, and his response is still to come into the mess of whatever is going on in their lives. That he's not hiding away from us on their sin. He's like, he wants to be invited into it. That's all the intensity. Like, Georgia asked that, we're inviting them in, we're transforming, being transformed from the pattern of this world. What's the pattern of this world? Be full of shame. <clears throat> be full of guilt Run, push away from people you know what the word sin means it means separation it doesn't mean lust it doesn't mean uh, greed that all, be, that all comes as a result of separation from God but, and what does the pattern of this world do when we're in a mess when we fight with people when we've sinned when we've failed wherever like the pattern of this world is like hang on near God now <coughs> well unless I make a load of sacrifices we put our sacrificial offerings before God. I'll read more, pray more, give more. I'll do all this more. It's all been done. <laughs> it's all been done. The pattern of this world is, oh yeah, payback, 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 payback. The transformation of God's mind is that I paid it all for you. So don't let sin separate us. That's his pattern. He's inviting me in. David in Psalm 40, he was, I was reading about where was he at in his life? And he reckoned that he was at that place where he was just sick and tired of being an outlaw. He was sick and tired. The call of God had got him into trouble. <laughs> call of God and he, enemies were made because of the call of God. Not because of David, but because of the call of God on his life. And he reckoned in Psalm 40, he was just just had enough. He's like, Lord, is this it? Is this? Look at the mess that I'm in. I'm in a slimy pit. Mud and mire, clay has set around me. I can't move the way I think I should be able to move. I can't go where I need to go. I can't say what you put in my heart. You called me and I'm stuck in caves. I'm running around and scurrying around like a mouse somewhere that has, has to hide away from the one who wants to trap me and kill me. You can imagine what he was saying. <clears throat> and his mind in a mess. But he knew enough. He says, I waited patiently on the Lord. And he turned and hear my cries. Lord, will you come into this mess of mine? Or I can't, I'm stuck. 
I don't feel I've anywhere to go and, he's, and, and I don't have anything to say because I haven't even got a platform to say what you want me to say because you're the one that called me to be the king. And he invited them in. And, and you know what? I don't know who it was recently. Just said, I think it was Bernard who says to me, God is still a gentleman. He still wants to be invited in. It's like, you know, that's relationship. Like, imagine if Ken came. What do we say to people if they just put in? What did you say? They're nosy Parker. That's what they're saying. No one is. <laughs> Don't make you paranoid or anything. Keep your nose out of my business. Where do we get this from? See, if you're not invited in, you're an intruder. But as soon as you're, you invite me in, it's like, I'm in. I'm fully in. I was always fully in, but I wanted your permission. I wanted you to ask me into this. And David says, Lord, he cared. David's cry. Lord, will you come into this? And the Lord came in, and look what he's doing. He said, he lifted me up out of that slimy pit, out of the mud and the moor, and set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and many will fear, many will put their trust in the Lord. The Lord says, I'm going to come into your mess. I'm going to lift you up out of that situation, out of that way of thinking, out of that way of, of, of not knowing a way out. You think you've nothing to say, I'm going to put a song instead of having nothing to say. And what did he do? He went into his mess. He spoke his, his word into him. I'm lifting you up. He gave him a song to sing, which was the message to others. Because many will hear, many will fear, and many will put the trust in the Lord. Amen. And he still does the same. <clears throat> we could go on, on the man in the, that was in the, in the tombs. He's talking about a mess. Locked down, locked up. The least, the last of them all. Mm. But he was probably the guy that women in Israel was putting their kids to bed and they go, if you don't go to sleep, I'm going to get Johnny from the tombs to come and get you. <laughs> he, was, he was probably the boogeyman of their day. Yeah. Crying, howling at the moon, howling at the sky, just screaming, cutting himself with stones and just trying to relieve pain. What a messed up man. They had to so far, so messed up, he retreated to living in the tombs. There's a young man who um, became a Christian about six months ago, Stephen. And uh, Stephen has shared this publicly. And, uh, but anyway, he was in prison. Um, and he was in like for like breaking a barren order or something, wanting to give his, his wife money. And he had an order against him. And so he'd done that about 57 times, would you believe it? 57 charges trying to give her money on uh, what's that thing? Revolue. And uh, so anyway, while he's up there, he's um, someone connected him with another guy out of church, Kevin, who just became a Christian a couple of months. And Kevin's brother had died up in that prison, exactly where in the same uh, land and where he was. And Kevin didn't know the guy, but he had a real compassion for him. And then Stephen got out and he came to the church, and Kevin gave him a hug. And Kevin was feeling that he got a brother back. And Stephen said he never had an older brother, and he felt God was giving him like an older brother. But they'd never commute, they never said this. I've heard this separately. They'd never even said it to to one another. And uh, Stephen then he comes to church and he becomes a Christian. And uh, he says to me, I said to him, well, tell, tell me a story. And we were sitting there talking, and he was saying, um, told me all that stuff, and then he says. He says, you know what, Noel, I haven't gone to the, the graveyard in three weeks. Three weeks. And if anyone that knows Steve, he, he wore black all the time. 
Mm. And uh, this is what were you doing up in the graveyard? He was so full of shame because of the things that he'd... Like he's lost his family. And then he was trying to get them back and going all the way around the way about it. And he says, I said, what are you doing up in the graveyard? He said, I haven't been there in three weeks. I've been going there every day. He says, since I got saved, I haven't been going. I says, why? He says, because nobody judges you up in the graveyard. Oh, what a statement. Nobody judges you. Nobody has cast, look at who he is. Look what he's doing. They, 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 like, whatever. And he says, since I became a Christian, I'm not going back up. Since, he said, actually, since I've come to Mass, I've not come back up. Since I've come to service. And he was in home church one night in Drimna. That's where he goes. And I don't know who was talking. But he jumps up, like this is like second week in, third week in, and he's like, what's wrong with these clothes on me? He says, I've been wearing clothes that were too big on me. It was like he said shame was being lifted off him. And I was like, what a mess. And Jesus comes right in, like this man. Jesus appears and goes over the other side of the lake into this man's and speaks a message of hope into the situation. I'm speaking into the mess. You're no longer going to be this man. You're going to be free. It says that, um, that they, 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 when the people of the village came out, he was sitting there fully clothed because he was running around naked. You know, and don't you just love it? There's always a practic- practical person in the group, isn't it? I bring an extra set of clothes in case it rains. <laughs> and little do you know, just being practical, that you're just the God's provision to somebody's life, you know? And uh, so someone had another set of clothes, you know? And, um, and, and he's sitting there and he's fully clouded and in his right mind. That Jesus came and he speaks peace and shalom and health and wholeness into this man's life, right? And then he says this, so there's messes everywhere, right? The message of God is clear. The gospel is clear. The gospel is not only the gospel to save people. The gospel transforms people. So it's like we get saved, everything is forgiven. But we're left with this messed up way of thinking, and the way we've done the pattern of our life. The gospel is the power to change that. It's the grace so that we're changed from one degree of glory into the next. And we see it all in this image in this man. And then it's not, that's not enough. The rest of it is, he says to this man, now go. Back to your home. Go to the Decapolis, the ten cities. And tell them what God has done in your life. And if you've done a little study, which you did, if I had my iPad open, I'd be able to show you them all. And as they go... And while you are on the way, that Jesus says in Matthew 20, now go. Go into all the world, into Mark, in Mark's gospel, go. That the message is like, now go with the message that God is still into coming into people's messed up lives and transforming them with his message of the gospel so that we can be messengers of the gospel to the world. That's our mandate. So if we get stuck and stay in the mess, what do, you know what it does when you're in the mess and you stay in it? Your voice gets nullified in that area of messed upness. That's a good word, isn't it? Messed upness. Now, if I'm not forgiving someone, I, I will never, ever bring a message of forgiveness to you. Not that you know whether I forgive or not, because that's a heart issue. But your own heart won't allow you. And if you do, your own heart will condemn you. Later on afterwards, when everyone is saying a great message, your own heart is on. You, you're holding that against that person. 
Your own heart will condemn you. You're holding that against them. And you're telling these people to forgive. And know the grace of God to forgive. Like it, it, won't, it, it nullifies your voice in that area. You might be able to speak about spiritual warfare or something. You might be able to speak about you know, the, the message that's in the, feast, the seven feasts of Israel or something. You might be able to go there and there. But, but you will not have the authority in your own heart to speak into an area. Because the mess robs us. Until we allow the message of God to get into that place and go. Now, now he gives us a rock to stand on. And many hears that and many sees the things of God in that and the awesomeness of God in that and many turn to him. That's, that's, that's the goal. That's the goal is that, that God's... So don't settle. No matter how hard there is. Okay, I've been messed up so many times enough to know how hard this stuff gets. But there's no life in it. It just... The mess... You know, I, you know what? You, you try this at home and I know you're going to know. I just had you today. So I, I put my stuff in this... this man bag thing right and see when I go home if I put that beside the couch right I'll go I'll put that in the, in the closet in a minute right I'll turn around and within a couple of hours there's two other bags now after being attached to that <laughs> do, you, do you know do you know, so, uh, you know if, if there's one pair of shoes left in the open you just leave it a day or two and you go now Ken puts his shoes beside Heather's and Dara puts his shoes because now all of a sudden it becomes multiplies it's the same with the mess the mess doesn't get easier it gets it's a multiplication sort of process that happens that you end up attracting when all your own mess is done you attract other people's messes or something or worse you go looking for other messes it's not worth it it's not worth it it's like because God has a plan and if you've messed up just fess up and he'll clean up just Lord here I am I'll tell you I've failed God a million times as a pastor. But the key is you fess up to him. And he'll clean up the mess of it. He's so kind and generous and loving. And he, 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 he knows what he got when he got you and me. He knows. He's like, he didn't go, oh, I didn't see that one coming. I thought that fellow was stable. He knew he's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and Omega. He knows. He's like, I know. And this year, at that time, this is going to come into his life. This is the way he's going to respond. This is the way he's going to react. This is the way he's going to retreat. He knows it. And it didn't stop him from calling you. And he hasn't taken his call away from you. Because you're his messenger in this world. Finishing up in 2019, I had a, a, a vision. I had loads of visions in 2019. I had loads of them. Like, every time I say that, unless I just... You know, like when you like someone say, "Oh, when did you get saved? Seven years ago." No, you're saved 33 years. Oh, yeah, 33 years. Like I say, certain numbers for certain things, even if it's not them. But and so it could have been 2020 for all in all. But 2019 was a big year, and um, so many visions. 2019, like I have them all documented. But um, and the Lord keeps bringing them back and back and back. And one of the mornings we were praying, and I had this. I was like lying on the floor, and I had this picture, and I just seen Jesus' feet. And, and the hem of his garment. And he was walking. And uh, you wouldn't believe how beautiful Jesus' feet is. They were just unbelievably beautiful. I don't know how. And I know it's in the scriptures how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, who are messengers. That your feet walking into someone's life to them are beautiful. 
Because you took that time to walk over snakes and scorpions in your own life and in what's in front of you to get to them. And, and, and they know it and we know it. Because we all remember the people that walked into our lives at a specific time to say a specific message that changed a specific situation. Anyway, do you know what Jesus said? He says, no, come on and follow me. I'm still walking into messed up lives. Come on with me. What an invitation. I'm still walking into broken humanity. Don't fear the situation, the circumstances. Now I put something in you that will transform what you see in front of you. And that's the invitation. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to come up with a strategic plan. You don't have to like, you know, have five years, you know, of steps ahead of you. Don't don't confuse yourself with all that lark. Follow him. Follow him. You know, make plans about holidays, do all that. But don't try to make him into your plan. Because he'll ruin it on you. <laughs> In a beautiful he'll mess your plan up to get his plan. But if you follow him, he will lead you. And you'll have the most adventurous time over these years. It's like, Lord, lead me. I don't know what you pray when you wake up, but I pray, Lord, here I am, I'm yours. Someone says, many, when did you give your heart to the Lord? I go, every day. Because of the great tendency of just wanting my own plans. My arm falls out. That arm's a Pentecostal arm. When you know a Pentecostal arm, that is a right. Every morning, true, when I wake up, that falls out, wherever which way I'm lying. And that falls, I go, Lord, I give you my heart today. Use me, Lord. I want you, I desire you, I need you, Lord. Can I have more of you? Use me today. And do you know what? When I listen, he does. And it might be the way we might think. It might be raising the dead. It might be just giving a kind word to somebody. But that's enough for them to be raised from the mess. So let's pray. Let's stand because you've been sitting. And we'll have a cup of tea and all that and then we'll go in and tell Trevor and all. <laughs> but I know if you're living and you are, that you've either come out of a mess or you're in a mess or you're going into a mess. Or the Lord is leading you into the messes of people's lives. Come follow me. I'm still walking into, the, into, the, into messed up lives. I'm still walking into broken lives. Follow me now. Follow me. Come on with me. I'll show you how this thing works. You don't have that pressure. You don't have to do the lead and follow. And if you've been alive, Nanny, if you've been alive this week, you've probably even looked into a mess. Or you've hid from a mess. Or like those shoes that get added, you end up going, I'll get to that tomorrow. And then there's another set added to them. Another pair of shoes. But this is the day. This is the day. This is, the Lord has heard your cry. The beauty of that language in Psalm 40. It, said, it employs David's, I waited patiently, and the Lord inclined his ear to me. It's like this image of God bending down low. He's, he, 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 he's shown us and he showed David that, that um, I don't want any idea of separation here David you've waited I've heard your cry and my ears inclined to you and I don't want he bends down so he doesn't want this separation or any sense of separation that I'm in this with you I'm for you I'm a transforming God I'll change you I'll change you I'll change circumstances. I'll put your feet on a rock. I'll give you something to declare, to the sing. I'll give you my message. My message will transform things around you. 
lives, hearts, people, situations, circumstances. Things that look a certain way, he he can cause them to look another way. Because it's his word in your mouth. And God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his mouth. That's why it's important to hear his message into the mess. I don't want any more. We were singing a song earlier on in the prayer time there that all my fountains are in you. I don't want anything that comes from the fountain that's now. What's the best I can give you? Something I've read somewhere. All my fountains are in you, Lord. So what comes from him changes the mess. The message changed the mess. And then I have a, have a platform to say to someone else that's been in the mess, and, oh, God is good. I experienced it. God's forgiven. I've received it. God has a plan. I'm living in it. God changes things. He changes hearts. He changes minds. And so, Lord, here we are. And all we can really say is, Lord, here we are. And we invite you in, Lord. We're not resisting it. Jesus says, I stand at the door and, and I knock. And, and he was saying that to the church. It's great to use that in evangelistic situations. But he was saying it to the church. And people say to me all the time, No, where was God when this and that? I'm telling you where God was. He's exactly where you left him. If you left him outside the door, going over the door, he's right there. It's not like he's abandoned you. He's like, Look, this is you close the door. I'll wait here till you're ready. Because I'm patient. And when you're calling out the door, I'm not going to just slap you and go, you let me wait now here all this time. Because life has already slapped you with me outside the door. So he's not here to condemn. He's here to save. So we invite you in, Lord. We open the door of every area, every situation, every circumstance. Lord, the call of God that's on people's lives in this place. I want to tell you, I don't use this word ever. Only if it pertains to what God has showed me and what's real. The call of God in your life is awesome. It's awesome. It's something that inspires awe of God. If you ever read in a a text message or on Facebook or something, I've said I've been in an awesome meeting. I want to tell you what that means. That means every person was on that face before God. That's the only time you'll ever hear me using the word awesome, what pertains to him. And I want to tell you, God wants you to know, you to know and I to know. I'm not saying this is some rally call or whatever motivational thing. Don't mind all that. I'm telling you because I believe this is the heart of God speaking into your life today. His call on your life is awesome. And it doesn't matter what the mess is or how messed up you've been or of thought or whatever. Or how many people messed her up on you. His call is awesome. And we invite you in, O oh God, to turn whatever is not in alignment and in order with your plan. We invite you into that to speak your word, O oh God. So things change, things transform. We transform, O oh God, so that we can bring that transforming message to other people. Lord, we say amen to it, Lord. We agree amen, with Lord. you, Lord God, that your will be done, amen. Lord. Your plans, Lord, will prevail, O oh God. And Lord, we say yes, Lord. We want to follow you, Jesus. We want to follow you, Lord. Let each person over this day, over this week, let us just see those, those feet of Jesus walking. And Lord, every one of us will get what I'm trying to convey, Lord. How beautiful they are, Lord. There's no greater thing that I've seen, O oh God, than your feet, Lord, inviting us to go with you. What you said to them disciples, come on, follow me, is still the same. So Lord, I ask for revelation. I ask for revelation. 
I've been practicing this for God. Please indulge me for one more minute. You know, Jesus is everywhere. God is everywhere. And God is so many things to so many people. Like, you know, when you read the Bible, he's, he's fire, he's a shepherd, he's a door, he's a way, he's the Alpha, he's the Omega, he's the Creator. Like, like you know, I'm like, Lord, which one are you? He's the Mall. Mm. He's the... He's the rescuer. And if you, like, I, I, this is what I do say, honestly, I'm just letting you know my little world. I say, Lord, what do you want to come to me as today? Or when I'm driving down here, what, what do you want to come to us as today, Lord? Mm. And if I came up and said, this is the one thing God wants to come as, God will show you, yeah, I am that, but I'm this and this and this and this and this. <coughs> so wherever you need him to be, he is. Mm. And whatever you need right now, according to where he's viewing from, he will come to us. And we just invite you, Lord. To come, Lord, and, and to put your hand on people and to say what you want to say right now to each one of us. Holy Spirit, will you make known on earth what's going on in heaven? Will you make known, Holy Spirit, to each one of us what's the Father's heart towards us today?